Creating and rekindling memories. NHR. That is, oh, I, I just love that song. It's Mystery Girl. It's taken from the Duke's album, uh, Bugatti and Muska. Um, we, we've already mentioned loads and loads of songs uh, that uh, Dominic's written. I'm so pleased to have the legendary, legendary songwriter um, on the other end of this phone. Good morning, Dominic. How are you doing? Very well. The legend is the legend is is alive and wearing a big pullover this morning, Kev. You know, I do not blame you at all. All this week, because it's been so cold in the evening, I've I've been sort of sitting there with jumpers on. I've I've got this wonderful uh, dressing gown, which is a big fluffy dressing gown, just ah, wrapping nice that up. One. Oh, and under the quilt, the dog cuddled up to me. The cat cuddled up to the dog. Yeah. We're all keeping warm on the settee. We are and li- listening to some wonderful music. Um, oh, so. Uh, right, let's have a look. We, we've got a new song to talk about, but before we do, um, how did it all start for you? How did you get into the, the sort of songwriting and okay. the show business side? Okay, well, th- there, was, there was a genius called Shell Talmy, and Kev, you're, you're obviously, you know, uh, very up on your music. Imagine the same guy produced both my generation and You Really Got Me. So my generation by the Who and You Really Got Me by the Kinks, which mm. are two of the most seminal, you know, uh, explosive, brilliant tracks that kicked the 60s off. And uh, later on, um, I was a kid uh, who started writing songs. And um, I went to a little demo studio in Harrow and recorded Get This 12 songs in an hour with my little band. Wow. Uh, it wasn't a big budget. But anyway, so then I... Went along to. Um... Are you there, Kev? Yes. Yeah, I can oh. hear you. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. You went totally. Oh. Yeah. So then, what happened was um, we uh, we went along to, um, or rather, I went along to Shell Talmy's office in Knightsbridge. Uh, but the weird gimmick here was, which I didn't think of at the time, was that I was wearing my school uniform. It was all very Harry Potter, actually. Looking back on it. Because to get to their place before it closed, I didn't have time to change from my school uniform. So these very cool people with sort of light shows and mini skirts and God knows what opened the door. And there was this kid in his school uniform clutching a a, a demo uh, tape, you know. So that's how it actually started. And he loved it. And he had a an, an assistant who um, later produced... Um, uh, Baker Street, you know, the wonderful Jerry, Jerry Rafferty song. Yeah. So, so anyway, they, they liked what I did. And very early on, I had covers by Amen Corner and Cupid's Inspiration and people like that. Uh, then um, in, uh, university sort of intervened. And at university, I met Frank Musker. Uh, and we used to do wine bars. Our, our sort of Hamburg period was doing wine, bar, wine bars in Cambridge, going around um, strumming, you know, eagle songs or whatever. And uh, so, anyway, that then we then decamped to London, and uh, our breakthrough after two years of we, we call song a lot of songwriters called a, call A and R men um and R men, but because it's very hard <laughs> to get anything anything positive out of them. But anyway, after two years of nothing much happening, a friend of ours went to. Uh, get a job as a tea boy at Ramport Studios where Roger Daughtry was recording his first solo album, that one where he uh, looks like a centaur on yeah. the cover. You, you know the one. I know. And um, we'd had this song rejected from a, a film because it was about, a, it was about drugs. Well, it wasn't, but it wasn't, it wasn't, so what's the word, um, recommending drugs. It was actually just a story that I had, by a strange coincidence, I'd seen a Pete Townsend interview where he was, 
looking through the uh, the, pla- the the window of a plane which he was in, uh, and just at that moment, drugs that had been put into his um, coffee or something, he'd been spiked, sort of kicked in, and he saw himself on the wing and wondered if he'd ever get back in again. It was like an awful experience, but it stayed in my mind. So we did this uh, song about a guy on stage, and this happening to him while he was on stage. And by a total twist of fate, our friend... Uh, the T boy guy said to Roger Daltrey personally, no middlemen, no no intervening sort of managers or anything like that. He just said straight to the artist, "Could I play you a song, Roger?" So Roger said, "Sure, put it on." And about fifty seconds in, there's a line: um, "Someone slipped a substance in me lemonade. My head is blown. I think I'll phone the fire brigade." And at that point, uh, Roger just turned to him, cracked a huge smile, and said, "I love it. I'll do it." So the two-year the two-year wait was over, and we suddenly had a song on a, a platinum album all around the world. Because of course, not only did he have a great voice, but he was very famous because of the Who. And um, Pete wasn't Pete Townsend wasn't around to actually write songs on that occasion. So you know we had a chance. So anyway, that that started it off, and then one thing led to another, and then we were able to prove to even though it was a kind of crazy song, we were. We were able to prove to the industry that we could do things that would make them money, basically. So uh, that then led to all kinds of things in the UK with Paul Nicholas and uh, the Three Degrees, Sheena Easton. Uh, and then we went to the States because Paul's a fourth single, which didn't really do much in the UK, called Heaven on the Seventh Floor, was a top three in the States. And uh, that led us into a whole load of other artists over there, Air Supply, Shaka Khan, Share. Uh, uh, oh my goodness, it goes on, Sister Sledge. You know, it, it was a sort of, um, it was kind of a snowball. So, you know, they say success breeds success. Well, it, it really did for us. So we went from nobody being interested to being deluged by by song requests, you know. Well, I know. And, um, Sorry, carry on. You know what I was just going to say, to bring that to a close, some people have sort of looked at my, like, if you like, CV, you know, with all the song, all the big names and they said god how did you do all that and i said well it, it was very easy i just didn't sleep from 20 the age of 23 <laughs> to 33 you know <laughs> so it was, it's easy kev you just stay up all night making well, music you know. this, who needs who needs sleep sleep when you're dead that's that's what uh sort of one big rocker uh wouldn't yeah, say so. sleep for losers man yeah exactly so I know that one one of the the big requests on Hospital Radio is every woman in the world, of course, by Ear Supply. And that oh, is yeah. thanks to to you, um, of course, a gorgeous, gorgeous song. And there's so many to choose from. So can you remember what the first song was that that you wrote? What myself? Personally? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, I I do actually know because there was a Beatles song, uh, which the new single now and then reminds me a lot. Not exactly i'm not talking details here but i'm talking mood there was a john lennon song that went you know if you break my heart i'll go but i'll be back again do you remember that song i think it is it, it on the rubber soul album very melancholy kind mm. of thing a bit like the new one yeah and that used to that moved between the major and the minor in a very interesting way all the time and that song and that sort of caught my ear so um and i must say at this point poor mrs miss winkworth who my mother was trying to get to me to, to, to teach me prop music properly at the piano, uh, didn't stand a chance when it, with the Beatles <laughs> and Stones and stuff going on, right? So, you know, I went to pop, I did go into the pop thing uh, happily rather than sort of sit there, you know, like working out every detail of a, of a, of, um, of, um, you know, a, a, a Mozart 
quartet or whatever. It wasn't my thing. But anyway, so uh, where are we now? I don't know. Yeah, so that, those chords in that song did something to me. So I wrote a song called You and Me. And You and Me used those, those that sort of major to minor thing a lot. And uh, that was the first thing ever. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sing you that one, Kev. <laughs> do, do, you know one, how, do you know how many... That's my own little thing. Go on, carry on. Yeah, no, that's my own. I'll, I'll have to keep that one under wraps, I'm afraid. Ah. It, was, it, was not the, it, was not, uh, it wasn't Bohemian Rhapsody, let's put it that way. Everyone's got to start somewhere, haven't they? So. That's right. Do, how, do you know sort of how many songs you've actually written over, over the uh, years? Well, of course, the, uh, Elton John says, and he, he had, he, Elton John, people like Elton John uh, never have to look around for a cover because they are the artist as well. And even someone like him said he thinks it's like one in 10 songs that are really worth writing. But no one's, to my knowledge, worked out how you don't write the other nine, you know, to, to get the one. Do you understand what I mean? You have, to, you have yeah. to be prolific. Yeah. And one thing I can say about Frank and myself and, and me too, because I've done lots of other things. I've done a lot of teaching, mentoring and, you know, dance hits and whatever as well. Um, is that we were prolific. You know, we, we did a lot. I mean, I think you, you do need to do a lot. So I would say it must be in the thousand, you know, it's, it's like a thousand or I, I think I think recently I worked out there were like 50 to 100 songs which sort of matter in some way or another. So I also had songs in movies. I mean, uh, I'm just going to a big songwriter ball thing in, in a week or so. <clears throat> and uh, there's some great people also who are members of that, like Sir Tim Rice and people like that. And uh, I'm going to be doing um, his favorite song of mine, which is called Dogs in the Yard which was on in the original Fame, Fame yeah. uh, soundtrack. Uh, and uh, that, that, that's an example of a song that, you know, it's not as famous as, say, in Every Woman in the World, but, but we, we've, we've had letters, you know, from people who've said it's been a great comfort to them. And, you know, it, that there are things that um, aren't just about commercial success. You understand what I mean? Absolutely. In a writer's... Uh, in a writer's uh, career, there are, there are things that can... I mean, the, the Carly Simon one, which was only an album track called You Have to Hurt, we used to get letters from people who had bereavements, for instance, which was not what the song was about. The song was a love song. Uh, but we would get comments from people who said, you know, you have to hurt to understand, you have to get by the best you can, etc. that that had, had resonance for them in their situation, uh, having lost um, someone close to them. So... So, you know, the, the, well, anyway, back to numbers. It's something like 50 to 100 or something like that. I guess 100 or something that matter to someone somewhere or we're in the charts or whatever. And that means, I guess, there's like 900 lovely songs there that didn't didn't sort of catch the moment or mean much at the time. Do you see what I mean? Um, Absolutely, yeah. I can, so, so, anyway. I can remember listening to the Fame soundtrack and that song, Dogs in the Yard. I think it was Paul McCrane, I think, wasn't it, who, uh, who recorded right. it? That's right, yeah. Well, well done. You do know your stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I just love that soundtrack. And that song well, just really sticks out because it's, well, it's different yeah. to the other tracks. Well, um, well actually, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about that, Kev, since you do yeah. know it, uh, which was that I grew up in a weird old house. Uh, my father fell in love with it and bought it. It's a bit like in one of these American movies where they sort of, you know, buy this old dilapidated ship lap, uh, white wood. It was it was an old um, coach house in an old estate. And because it, it was an old estate, there was a yard near it with, with those sort of small 
um, paving stones that you have where horses are. So I guess it's to do with security or so. Anyway, and and there would be dogs lying around in there. So when I wrote the the line, you know, I want to go crazy like the dogs in the yard, it really was sort of exactly a photograph of my youth, of my childhood, right? But what I didn't know was that, because yard is quite rare in English, like we don't say yard much, but in the States, of course, yard is, their backyard is their garden. So we were very lucky with that because um, in the States, they they took that totally on board, you know, the, the, the dogs in the yard. And then I remember with that, you know, I had a super partnership. Well, I still do, actually. Frank and I are going to do some writing this coming week. We're very close still. And um, uh, it, a lot of it is patience with the other guy or, or sort of help. Like with the Lennon McCartney thing, we were just we, we worked just like them. Sometimes one of us would come up with a big chunk, you know, and then we'd work on it together, etc. And uh, in that case, I sat down and immediately sang like it came out as fast as you could, you know, it, I didn't need to write it. It just came out. You know, I want to be bad and not even care. want to go out of my head somewhere, et cetera, right? Mm. And then second verse comes up. So I, I get Frank into the room. And I say, look, this is my first bit. What do we do now? And we sat there for a very long time to give it that lift, you know. And, and, and then finally we got this, I, I think I'll play poker, stay out every night, throw stones at the water in the morning light. You know, those lines which sort of give it, it's a bit like, you know, Long Winding Road, the second yes, verse of yeah. that, which is wild and windy night that the rain washed away, you know, is to give it that lift so that the listener stays um, involved. Uh, that's the kind of thing that we would, if we needed to, sometimes it would come very quickly, but if we needed to, we'd, we'd really spend time if, if we felt it was important. And like I say, that, that song uh, has meaning uh, to us and for people and for, and for Tim Rice. Um, which uh, which doesn't you know you can't really gauge that uh, commercially it's it's just sort of a nice song you know in fact i just want to take while i'm in this sort of um mood i just want to wish everybody who's going through anything in hospital or anything right now uh the very best because when i was a kid i had a few things that needed sorting out. i had a leg thing and stuff and uh that can be that can demand a lot of patience you know i was in i was in a in a hard plaster on my right leg for like uh, three months, I think it was, or something like that, you know. So anyway, uh, I just want to wish everybody well today. Oh, thank you, Dominic. Now then, the new song, um, which is called Same Old Missing You. It's with Anne Winsbourne. Um, now, tell us a bit about Anne Winsbourne, because she's not that well-known in the UK, is she? No, she, she's not. She's a Swedish uh, artist, um, and she's had a lot of success in Sweden, she she was sort of a bit like me. She had very poppy hits and um, then more reflective hits. She has a lovely voice and they make these crystal clear productions in Sweden where, you know, you hear every note and stuff, every guitar twist and turn. And um, so when I heard one of these on Facebook one day. It popped up and uh, it was in Swedish. This is not Same Old Missing You. This was the one before and I thought, God, that would make uh, uh, that would be great with an English lyric. So I wrote an English lyric. It's called Way to Go. And um, that came out very well. And uh, we did well on, on YouTube. We got onto some YouTube charts and stuff like that. Anyway, the thing is, um, then I started thinking about this idea of Same Old Missing You. And it's sort of say, uh, 
it, the, the, the sort of chorus of that is, it's the same old, same old missing you. It's the same old, same old missing you. Because normally we say same old, same old to do with politicians or cars or fridges that don't work, or, you know, right? <laughs> and I just thought, how would that, how would that sit with a, with, a, with, a, with a love song? So uh, anyway, she really liked it. And um, we've ended up doing it as a sort of collaboration. And I must say, delighted by the reactions. You know, we've had people really enjoying it so uh, and of course we've had abba abba comparisons because yeah, yeah. with her being swedish but in my mind musically if i was going to be influenced by anything from that era it would be more like the beatles or even prince than than uh, abba but once you put her swedish voice on and also by the way she's very attractive blonde swedish woman so i guess you know what I mean? It starts to pile up and people, people <laughs> yes. sort of do think, do think ABBA and there's nothing you can do about it. And I wouldn't want to anyway, because I think ABBA, ABBA are great. But um, anyway, so that's come out uh, just, I think the actual, we call it impact date nowadays yeah. rather than release date. Uh, impact dates um, this coming week. So so it's just, just, just coming to its sort of peak, I guess. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. i tell you one thing. You know, I mentioned that I've done a lot of mentoring and helping yes, up and yeah. comings and I also fight for songwriters rights all this kind of thing anyway uh, I must say working with someone who is experienced who does know what you know who's been through the mill uh, whatever made it a very nice um, thing to do because uh, if you want a slight change if you hear something and you just think that should be slightly different um, then uh, it's great to work with a professional who really knows you know what I mean what what to do which she is so that made it made the whole thing. Um, in fact, she's just saying that it just came back. This this one this this moment, Kev. I just want to tell you my a, a totally sort of royal moment I had was sitting in the studio. Quincy Jones uh, did a song of ours called "Every Home Should Have One" with Patty Austin. Patty Austin, yeah. And uh, we went into the studio to hear it, and so I had the incredible privilege of meeting Rod Temperton. You know, From of Heat all Wave, English of course, writers, yeah. Rod Temperton, you, you might want to do a little thing on him one day, Kev, because, uh, you, you know, you, I, I know you, you're a fan of Mystery Girl and the Dukes yes, and everything. Yeah. And that was done. That was all done with on the East Coast. Arif Mardin was the was the sort of uh, the boss man as far as producers went on the East Coast. But on the West Coast, it was Quincy Jones and uh, Rod Temperton, who came from Halifax yeah. in England. Right. Yeah. Ended up being the number one. Uh, soul mel- melodic soul writer in in the world because he did uh, rock with you uh, thriller yeah. off the wall you know the heat wave songs boogie nights etc anyway so there I was sitting in the studio with him and what I loved seeing was that Quincy Jones was at the controls and actually there were two people singing a future number one which was pretty incredible it was Patty Austin and uh, it's called Run to Me um, Run to Me no, come to me, come to me. Anyway, it's come to me or run to me. Anyway, they were they were actually making a number one, a future number one. And what I loved was that Quincy Jones. It was a it was a sort of a real, um, what's the word, a way of seeing just how, why he was so successful. But they sang a, a few lines, and Quincy turned back to Rod, our Englishman from Halifax, and he said, "Are you happy with that, Rod?" And Rod said, "It was very good, Quince, but." He didn't do that little, you know, that movement at the end of the line that I've been yeah. suggesting. Anyway, so he got into it. And, and what I realized then was, you know, the greats, the Quincy Joneses, they listen to the writers, they talk to the singers. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not an island. They're yeah. not, 
they're not just sort of out there on their own. Their their actual talent is to take everybody in on board and and discuss it. And you know, it was just a great moment because. Uh, I was I was with the very very best, you know, and that that's why he's so successful, still so successful. So yeah, the... well, I think I think that's it. That's it. That's his knack. He has he he would he could have a massive ego, but I don't think he has because he he stays open. He listens, you know, to listen to Rod as the writer that meant a lot to me because I'm a writer myself, and and we do we do have a pretty good idea. We're not always 100 percent perfect, you know. It, it is a, it is a team thing to get it how you want it. Definitely. The song, Same Old Missing You, is in the Heritage Charts, so people could go to the Heritage Charts uh, on Sundays and vote for that to get it further up the charts. Um, and uh, what's, what's the impact date of, uh, of the song where oh, people can December, get it? That's December the 8th. And there are, there are, obviously, it's on all the platforms, Spotify and everything. It's on Boom, uh, you know, the Boom uh, yes. station. Yeah, Boom uh, Radio. Sort of yep. Slightly like uh, Radio 2 Revisited, I guess. So that, that That's playlisted on there, and it's been played on a lot of different stations. We've also done some lovely interviews. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed sort of talking about this song. It's 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 been nice. It's got the line in there. A songwriter friend of mine has said, I love songs that ha- that say about pouring coffee down the sink. <laughs> now, <laughs> you'll have to hear the the song kept to see why that why that why he would say that about same old missing you but it is one of my <laughs> favorite lines in it as well well, I'll tell you what, we're going to play Same Old Missing You because uh, it's such a great song. Dominic, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak. I could speak to you for ages uh, about well, all the stuff, so maybe we'll have any, to have a part two. Start, anyone who starts my interview with Mystery Girl is, is uh, going to be a friend of mine for sure. I, I love the song too. Oh, it, it's just a, a brilliant song. It's a brilliant album as well. So we'll have to have a part right, two, then. I think. Listen, uh, I, I really appreciate the call. So, you know, let's speak again, OK? Definitely. Dominic, thank you so much. Have a great Christmas and... Uh, and and well, I don't need to wish you good luck with this song because it speaks for itself. It's such a, a, a great song. So uh, have thank a, you so much. Have a great All Sunday, right, Dominic. Did you know that Nottingham Hospital Radio is a registered charity? As a result, we rely on people like you to donate to it. All our members are committed volunteers who run the service for the benefit and entertainment of the patients in the Queen's Medical Centre and City Hospitals. Research has shown that listening to hospital radio can positively benefit a patient's recovery, and we think it's a very worthwhile thing to do. Donating to NHR is easy and rewarding, so please log on to nhradio.org.uk and go to the donate page. That's nhradio.org.uk slash donate. You'll be glad you did, and thank you. Thank you.